we can just jump into the podcast anyway. It is the Sunday Roast Podcast, episode 30. Uh, as usual, I am the maestro that is Lazy Boy Loops, uh, also known as Aaron. I did that backwards, but whatever. Um, and joining me today, really, really super special guest, is the uh, the US Navy sailor in the famed photograph VJ Day in Times Square, taken by Alfred Eisenstadt. It's Paul, aka Pueblo Vista. Hello, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's popping? <laughs> oh, man. It has been a while. It's been a little while. It's definitely been a while. Uh, us boomers are getting more boomery every fucking day. It's insane. Like, we can not... It's like the problem, the reason why we're late is actually we cannot deal with technology. Well, all this, all this time. it's, like, it's, it's our, it's our organization like, skills um, are lackluster at best. I mean, what la- the week before last where we were supposed to go live, I get a message for you uh, from you like mid-Wednesday, like, hmm, this Sunday was meant to be a podcast. And I was like, oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> and then Whoopsie. and then last weekend <laughs> it was like we were about to and then you were like nah I've got there's stuff happening at home I've got to do like I'm not leaving and doing this podcast it's not worth it yeah. <laughs> and I was like that's yeah. chill family comes first whatever so you know we have life to deal with and exactly you and fucking lo-fi people have to just deal with that <laughs> sadly Sadly, whether you like it or not. Exactly. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, no, I think it's, it's, it's good. I mean, nobody's watching on YouTube, but nobody gives a fuck. Or it says five watching right now. Is it like really five people? Apparently so. I don't know. So, so anyway, for those, I guess is, for those listening behind, um, we are definitely, um, we're trying something new. We are on YouTube. Yeah. It is super That's exciting. Right. And we're just testing new things, which is very difficult for us, trying new things. <laughs> so yeah, YouTube. Hi YouTube, how you going? Um, it's fun adventures. Let's jump into something super... <laughs> let's just get straight into shit. Like, this is a list yeah, that... So, we, as you know, we're getting more organised. We're actually writing down things that we want to talk about. And uh, this list has kind of been ever-evolving since probably the start of January. Like some yeah. of these stuff, like this stuff has been kind of bouncing in and out since January. So, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing I think that's rocking uh, the lo-fi scene at the minute is is the lack of editorial updates. Um, and, oh my God, is lo-fi panicking right now. So, to kind of just sum it up very briefly, a lot of the, uh, the editorials within the lo-fi space haven't really been updated that regularly. Or... They are now slowly starting to be updated, but really bizarrely, like it's like usually it used to be fr- like on the clock uh, Fridays at some point. Usually it was like 1am UK time on a Friday that they were updated, you know, like clockwork. And now we're not getting like shit. They're being updated, ah. what, Wednesday or something like that? The boys are, the boys are freaking out. The boys are freaking exactly. out. Um, and it's, this it's crazy this kind of coincides with spotify having some layoffs recently um they they laid off i think something silly like five percent of their team which equates to around about five to six hundred 
people, which, you know, it's a shame that people are losing their jobs, but in turn, this has caused, I feel, a bit of chaos within uh, within the editorial teams as well, because I think they're tr really trying to, I guess, push out things that are a bit more engaging, a bit more different. Um, a lot of things are happening within Spotify at the minute in terms of new features and things. So, like, there's... Well, I say that there's rumours. They are rolling out a TikTok-like homepage experience on the Spotify app. So you're just, like, swiping through different, like, I guess, animated windows. Um, yeah. Because apparently all we do now is just fucking swipe for content. Um, they're also... They've announced that Spotify DJ thing as well. I don't know if you've seen that. I have seen it, but I don't think they rolled it out. I, I don't, I'm not sure if it rolled out entirely. No, it's just in Canada and the like US at the usually. moment. Okay. But yeah, they're, they're really working on features to, I guess, keep audiences engaged with the app itself rather than mm -hmm. curating editorials. And I think that's having a huge knock-on effect um, to the lo-fi scene because from around about 30 odd playlists that we track as a label um like only a, f a very small fraction have been updated um like regularly enough so the last main big update that, that like the blanket update was i think the 20th of january and then since then only some of the kind of main big ones i mean it took two weeks since the 20th of january for uh one of the main <laughs> beat lo-fi playlists to update and honestly only like <laughs> that was such a crazy time for i guess lo-fi beats because that two weeks meant that music wasn't being played like lo-fi music wasn't being played for the most part like i was seeing like i was looking at some some of the more like bigger releases from some of the like bigger labels in the scene and you know I use uh, Spotify Uncharted to kind of explore the different subgenres that, that um, Spotify has for like, you know, focus beats, uh, like jazz, um, jazz boom bap, uh, chill beats, lo-fi and stuff. And a lot of the, the music that would be normally be released and have a popularity score of like 34 to 35, like day of launch, because they would be getting placed on editorials we're sitting at like zero to two popularity score like the the scene if, if we could encapsulate the whole of the lo-fi scene within those two weeks it was fucking dead like nobody was getting listened to really like no new releases were getting placed on editorial they weren't within those first two weeks getting hardly any plays like they were getting kind of standard amount of plays that an, a small independent artist would get which was you know a hundred to a thousand plays oops excuse me and <laughs> that was just <laughs> such a wild time and you could kind of tell that there was almost like a panic in amongst um not only like the producer scene but also like the 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 label seen as well in the you know <laughs> these labels will, that relied will, on editorial would i will say i will say the following exactly like it's if 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 anything that glitch in the matrix showed us um 
showed us the 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 real cojones of people basically so whether you're like uh, a producer or a label who is dependent a hundred percent on uh, editorial support yeah. and get your music your new music out there and get it to start uh, get get listeners on it immediately just because you're an editorial or whether you are organically followed by actual people and not machines or or, or passive listeners yeah. who actually you know uh, receive your releases in the release radar they get you they get your music on their daily mixes and, and all that that good stuff goody goody stuff but that, that was like that was the takeaway for me when it came to to that which is of course very sad if you think about it it's like it's like what the fuck are you doing like if 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 your only way to promote push your music is a fucking editorial playlist then i mean on the on the good side or let's say on the flip side of the delayed update of the editorials that meant that a bunch of tracks stayed on these lists yeah. for a living longer period yeah, of time absolutely. So, and in the same positions as well because there's usually uh, i mean i had it like uh, probably you had it as well like you might uh land let's say on a higher uh position like let's say within the first hundred yeah. which is like great for streaming and whatnot especially on the major uh playlists uh, but then after a week or two, depending on how many dicks you suck or whatever, you might start falling or like stay in the same spot. So for the people who stayed in the first top 100, that was like great. Yeah. For every, I mean, it was great for everybody at the end of the day. So, uh, but it definitely, I mean, now that we both noticed like last week, I think the, the update cycle changed. It's not Friday anymore. It's Wednesday, yeah. I think. Right. But that, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Let's, I'm just sitting here, you know, trying to eat popcorn, waiting for people to lose their shit. Like, oh, when am I gonna fucking like, release my music now? Oh, is it gonna be? Everybody's gonna start. If I, I I swear, I fucking swear, if people start telling me like, oh, put it on a Wednesday, I'm just like fucking eat a dick, bro. Yeah, they'll they'll want to be <laughs> dropping like, music on. We'll <laughs> we'll start to see a lot more sort of like weekend and mid midweek updates uh, releases oh, yeah, people releasing on fucking be... mondays tuesdays wednesdays and then thursday for but there's also a part of me right if you actually genuinely think about this right we've already discussed yeah. that spotify or not spotify just uh, dsps alone are seeing a hundred thousand new releases a day yeah and it's most likely a large percentage of that from what we've seen within the scene you know labels dropping 10 to 15 tracks a week yeah that there's a yeah. good maybe of that hundred thousand a day maybe five to ten percent of it is lo-fi releases exactly. what's a better way to unclog new music friday which is a traditional since the beginning of like music being tracked a time. traditional day to beginning release music yeah. what's the chances that spotify are like right we need to like separate a lot of this music so you know we're seeing a shit ton of instrumental chill mood music being released on friday alongside some of our you know shareholders major label uh releases and it's you know it's clogging everything it's becoming stagnated so they're thinking okay so if we start to update our editorials on a wednesday we'll start seeing more artists releasing that type of music mondays to to wednesdays to get ahead of time 
And I think that might even be a really sneaky way that Spotify is trying to have some influence on how this, at least the music that's released in our scene, is, is getting released. So rather than, again, it being all dropped on a Friday and them having to sift through everything to, you know, appease their shareholders, but also appease their, you know, I guess, smaller label friends as well as well as independents, yeah. they're now th- yeah. separating, you know, putting us in a separate queue, essentially. Um, and I'd never actually thought of that until you mentioned um, that everyone's going to start running to releasing on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tuesdays that'd and Wednesdays. But yeah, that'd be super fun. I think what this has highlighted is the sheer dependence that a lot of artists have on Spotify editorial, especially within the life I scene, and I actually think it's quite a um, sad in two ways. Kind of like sad because it's like, are you really going to amount to anything if you're just relying on what is essentially either the nepotism of lo-fi labels and having those connections to Spotify, and also you know making music that fits these labels, and sad in a sense that you know are you ever going to really push yourself anymore as an artist to to do something more than just rely on that type of thing you know we've spoken about artists doing things to try and be to kind of break away from this reliance on this thing but this just proved more than ever that this scene is very much kind of dependent on you know spotify mummy spotify's milk than than actually going out into the world and being like hey i make music but then this is kind of supported by the fact that that we have you know i saw a tweet from an artist which i shared with you not too long ago where they were basically saying that never has there been a scene where you know you can have such a high amount of success but having complete anonymity and i think in a in a way that's really fucking sad as well because what do you aspire to be as a producer of music if all you're doing if you're happy to sit there and see the same success as you know like major artists or even independent artists that get like big breaks on like TikTok and stuff. Like, yeah. what do you amount to be as a as a producer of music that you're happy to kind of just sit behind, you know, a, a blinded window to put music out there that gets millions and millions of listeners and nobody knows who you are? Like, I know I get that this isn't necessarily the scene that any of us are going to sit here and become the next like Harry Styles but (laughs) the idea of being able to develop yourself as a musician as a producer as as a creator of music to then maybe you know work with bigger artists to make music you know to have production credits on um, you know like some of the artists that you admire like uh, there's a guy called Kashmir Brown he creates like some sample packs and he's very much just a um, you know, a producer, and he got credits on Kanye West's last album, and that was like his okay. big thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I could say to you, "Oh, Kashmir Brown's dropped a new track." You probably have no idea who he is, but the fact is, he's not kind of happy to to be unknown, but raking in money. He's 
you know he's he's being unknown but as a producer for bigger artists so he's making his money that way instead of kind of just sitting there and accepting the fact that all i do is make lo-fi beats nobody knows who i am but i'm okay with that and i i think it's good to say that that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're happy to just be a cog in the in the lo-fi machine machine. then (laughs) that's that's fine if that's the way you want to be but i don't know i just think it's a really weird position to be in to say that like to almost be happy that nobody knows who you are because for me that just looks like it that you're kind of only into it for the money if you have if you're happy to just never be known but get millions of plays why why are you doing it like why are you doing this for for not even just a little bit of recognition it's very nice that that you put it on you put uh you put out the the polite way of critiquing or mentioning Give me your two cents about the about this tweet. Like when I first read it, uh, and you remember my, my my reaction is basically my reaction is basically very simple: is that um, you're a bozo, <laughs> and the only thing that matters to you is just money. Because if you're going out there saying that, oh my God, editorials and whatnot like help me and other people to uh, in our music to reach millions. And we don't necessarily have to be like uh, celebrities or like recognized or whatnot. This is the dumbest fucking thing I've heard in a while. And I've been in this fucking scene for a while. So this like, it's it's like, uh, it never seems to surprise me the level of dumbness. It's just like keeps increasing and increasing. Like I don't, you know, as always, I don't give two shits. Uh, but the whole sentence, like the whole, tweet did not make any sense for me like what is it bro like are you happy like if you're happy that your music is reaching out millions which is not really millions uh and at the same time nobody fucking even knows who you are because we're not talking about you're not going to be like like you said basically um you never whether we like it or not with this type of music even though there is a possibility it's very slim that you will become the Harry Styles of lo-fi yeah. or Michael Jackson of lo-fi or whatever. Because I know there's people who have problems replacing Michael Jackson with Harry Styles as the king of whatever. Anyway. Oh, I was just um, picking someone that was popular right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. For me, it's always like MJ is always like the king <laughs> of... The king. <laughs> I'm touching my balls right now. Yeah, I, I figured. It. But anyway. Uh, anyway, so uh, it, it's like it doesn't really make sense. Like, And of course, when stuff... when When statements like these um when statements like these come from people who have been releasing with one of the most let's just say you know prolific label of our time Mm -hmm. which is like youtube sensation turn label turn master of lo-fi chill out beats study (laughs) beats whatnot cowgirl you're bozo. Yeah. I'm gonna put it simple as that. Like, if 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 I, I, I'm really done explaining shit, like, if nobody understands the correlation of having a track in a super huge playlist that will get streams regardless of whatever, just go on these people's profiles. And we said this in the past as well. Like, every time you see one of these like cowgirl, 
Cowgirl releases, all the producers who released with Lo-Fi uh, Girl, like even me, but I've never done this, you know, celebrating, because we put under this, everything under this umbrella of celebration now, uh, the millions of streams and the millions of listeners and the millions and go on the profiles on Spotify because Spotify is the one that has numbers and just go through their independent releases. See how much, how many numbers they stack there. Because yeah. that's when you're going to see whether you like it or not, your actual value of what you actually bring in the table, something that you will release independently or let me just say this, or even with, with a smaller label and uh, and I'm not saying like a, a label that also writes a dick with Spotify, just uh, an independent label like yours or even like mine, because I don't write any dicks. I do get um, several tracks like every now and then featured on, on, on playlists, but maybe it's because I've done it for a while. Or maybe it's because I was, you know, busting people's balls on LinkedIn or whatever. I was like, you know, digging for the <laughs> stuff. But uh you know chances are like if you go on chart metric or whatever now you will see like i don't know pueblo vista has like two features on lo-fi beats kiwi bear has zero yeah like some <laughs> other german labels beats, as, yeah yeah some other german labels have like 20 30 40 50 like as as yep. it's been like and it's been really like that 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 has been the the motive as of late again like we switch back to to our german brothers to uh, curate the the whole of instrumental hip hop like the whole instrumental world is curated by a couple of fucking white Germans <laughs> it's, it's amazing yeah it's amazing to say the least um, so anyway uh, that's that's basically my rant I think like um, like on, on one hand like I felt like saying something but then on the other hand I'm like it's not even it's not even worth you know uh engaging in statements like that or like providing some sort of like because uh, if you engage with tweets like these i think at the end of the day it's like acknowledging something and i don't want to acknowledge that like of course you might even say like oh you're mentioning it in the podcast so you are acknowledging anyway no it's a different it's a different kind of thing like i'm just gonna rant out like it's you know it's it's the news of the week or the last month and we're just like basically critiquing them but right then and there i won't even bother but yeah. it's like i'm like why why are people instead of like wh whatever happened to the whole fucking i don't know stay humble or like a humble brag or something i, I suppose or, this could be considered that though like they're humble in the fact that you know they're not reaching levels of fame because they're getting millions of streams like again it's just a really depressing outlook on what is considered successful within the lo-fi beat scene um and that i f i kind of find really disappointing and again no disrespect if that's what you're like super happy with if you're happy to sit there yeah. and, and you know rake in hundreds of thousands of dollars a month uh, millions of streams a month and That's have great. zero yeah. you do you yeah have absolutely zero um i guess support impact. yeah impact on the world other than you know that that kind of fight that's fine but for me as as an artist and as a musician like you know i'm at least trying to put myself out there in a way that that is unique and, and different even if you know i i i'm not getting millions of streams 
and it's it's I don't know. It's just I think a bit 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 of a strange hill to to kind of die on. But I mean to kind of bring it back round to to where you know this topic. We've but, died in yeah. we've died in so many hills. Exactly. Yeah, where <laughs> this kind of topic years. started from, like <laughs> the simple fact that the the lo-fi editorial space has been completely shaken up is. I don't know whether it's a kind of worrying outlook as to what maybe we're to expect in the future, especially as Spotify seems to, as a company, be moving more towards more engaging experiences, I guess. Because So if we go to, to what they just announced with the, the Spotify DJ, it is essentially an AI-driven radio station. So you just click on it and it will start playing music, but also in between those music, there is an AI generated voice, which sounds very human with a lot of responses that is very much tailored to you as a person that listens to to whatever music you listen to. So it would be like, you know, up next is a track that you couldn't get enough of last year, but haven't listened to so much this year. And then it'll introduce the track and it'll play it. Yeah. That is to me telling me that spotify is looking for engagement in a sense of like back in the day where we used to go and choose a record you know we'd look at look for a cd to play we wouldn't just kind of click shuffle on a playlist and maybe they're they're moving away from this dependency for playlists because you know they're they're maybe getting a bit outlived i mean we we both know that spotify in the past year or so have gone absolutely hell for leather on like chill hop spot uh lo-fi chill beats playlists like you know the list that i have i think has over 35 different playlists all around lo-fi like we you know you've got lo-fi piano now lo-fi baby uh lo-fi lo-fi beats obviously um like they did the meditation lo-fi and sleep lo-fi they they've got different lo-fi for different um like regions as well there's a lot of like brazilian lo-fi and like spanish lo- like yeah. lo-fi mexico and stuff like that and yeah it's localized i think what they have maybe got themselves into is trying to really encapsulate all of this music so that they can push it out and get more you know and as we know a lot of it's filled with fake artists that maybe that that method isn't necessarily working for them anymore now they're moving towards this kind of uh ai driven engagement that i think is going to start seeing a real lack of dependency on editorial and more of a focus on um you know like genuine music engagement on the platform um and i think that in itself is quite uh quite interesting and we'll see how you know how all of this goes over the next couple of months especially when they roll out spotify's dj thing don't you think like it's that it's also going to become some sort of like a marketing tool as well for bigger artists like the same i don't want to bring up charlie puth example again like you might be listening to your recommended music and whatnot yeah and while you sit there and you listen there's a big oh here's a something like that's maybe potentially remotely connected to the stuff that you listen yeah. to. Charlie Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the latest album like from Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like you're like sitting there I don't know listening to some fucking uh, 70s uh, 
psychedelic rock yeah. and it's like what like charlie booth and his perfect uh what is it his perfect like key to yeah his um, the fuck he does. oh what's it called perfect bitch <laughs> perfect bitch. It's, like, what the, it's like what's happening so i i think i just hope like because every time these motherfuckers like are launching like a new feature it predominantly benefits major label yeah always major labels and major art label artists so I wouldn't like hold my breath. Like I, I wouldn't expect like somebody be like, look, the the, the AI DJ introducing Pueblo Vista <laughs> or Lazy Boy Loops to anybody, even though that would that would have been like a, a cool occasion, you know. Um, but I don't know. I just I just hope it works. But I, again, it's like the whole like like I, to what to what you were saying any, earlier, like you know like playlisting and getting into playlists and and i didn't want to interrupt you in the beginning it's like i hate it and we said it like a thousand times like uh, from one hand everybody's complaining like oh my god there's like a hundred thousand releases a day yeah. oh this is so bad so whatever meanwhile you have like the, every fucking lo-fi label out there like it's pumping up singles and singles and singles like adding to the whole thing yeah and it's the same people who also kind of like complain about it and we've seen stories from oh a hundred thousand oh my god this is so bad for the scene like dude you're you're doing it yourself <laughs> yeah. like I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna mention like again for the nth time like fucking compilations with 30 tracks coming out as singles even though we did seem some sort of like people are I don't know, maybe they educated themselves or whatever. They don't pump out like all 30 tracks of singles. They pump out 20 or maybe like 10 or something, which is better than nothing. But then again, like every day, fucking releasing, releasing, releasing. And then you being the artist, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there's a, there's a bunch of guys, like for example, uh, I'm using a, a really interesting example that you're familiar with, uh, our friend Dipshit. Like the guy is like a fucking machine <laughs> yeah like he's like a supermarket right but i'm gonna say this there has there have been supermarket type producers we know a bunch mm -hmm. and they would just you know chunk out beat after beat after beat like but it would just sound very i would say average it's more like a whip than anything else yeah. and for me like dipshit i love the guy and the stuff that he puts out like even like he puts out a lot but it's really good quality like there's there's a variation like there, there will be he, he's like his vibe is like i don't know like this week he must be i mean he's been on a on a i don't know 2016 soundcloud yeah. lo-fi thing for the past two three weeks now um uh, before that, there's like some more amb ambient shit, or there was like uh, uh, some low, some housey stuff that he did. Like he's, but he's like a good supermarket. Like you would see like new products. I guess it's <laughs> he's not, like, like the same Marks shit. and Spencers and Waitrose in the UK. Yeah, yeah it's not, exactly. <laughs> like he, he's more like a clothing store rather than a supermarket. Yeah. It's like this. It's not the same shit over and over again. But it's like it's good. But but at the same time. It's, it's, it, it fascinates me. Like, if the person who will be caught up into this, I need to release a piece of content every other week, and I need to write the dick of all the labels that get playlists, placements on playlists. I'm sorry, but that's the kind of person that I, 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 don't, I won't fuck with that. Yeah. I won't fuck with that because it's like, you're doing that kind of shit, 
just for the cash and if you wanna but the funny thing is which is like say you know you do you whatever you wanna fucking milk it fucking milk it however my dude this is not scalable and we saw it now with the whole you know the 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 coinciding 88 percent of spotify being laid off yeah of the staff being laid off and the playlist not updating for a couple of weeks like you cannot and a lot of people say this do not depend on other fucking platforms for your fucking content yeah for your fucking uh living because there's people who make their living with this shit there's other ways you can make money in this fucking business yes yeah. in the in the music business you can like you said uh you can produce shit for hip-hop artists you can whatever you can even ghost beats if you want to you can sell your beats as well you can do licensing you can do syncing you can go publishing you can do neighboring rights there's like so many other ways that you can yeah monetary you know uh exploit what you are doing as a business instead of just fucking squeezing all the creativity out of your brain and fucking producing shit day after day and be dependent on some fucking yeah. random label who sucks somebody's ass and they get placements or like a fucking editorial playlist yeah. like like and i say this like with with all the good heart that i can say it like coming from a guy who never really had a background on hip-hop let alone instrumental stuff and i started that fucking shit six years ago it took me a, a few years to actually say i feel confident enough to release my own shit and i've put out fucking four fucking albums that had like over 20 tracks each like which one of your motherfuckers have done that like even all this you know the cowgirl people like all these lo-fi producers there like the the the, the whatever they would just pump out an album and it's good for a year. Of course, now there's a quota in Lo-Fi Girl, so you cannot just like, you know, put out albums every, every day. <laughs> yeah. but, but then again, it's like, I've put out like albums and I, I, got, I got fucked. Yeah. What happened? Like my, my camera, my camera just disappeared. <laughs> Is it back? That's great. No, no, no. It just, it just died. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I'm still here, so uh, this is the videos is gonna come. God up damn it! In the life. What has happened? I don't know why. I really don't know why. Maybe it's like, eh, whatever. Anyway, ruined my rant. But that's these are my two cents. Yeah, these are my two cents. No, I mean, uh, just going like, you know, there's a specific artist like right now that I'm just kind of looking at their their stuff. Um, you know, they sit on two million monthly listeners because they drop with Cowgirl a lot and they recently dropped a you know a single on a compilation with a new label and you know for someone that is pulling in two million monthly listeners to only be getting now so this released at the start of february uh, so 20 days ago it's only got twenty three thousand plays so you're telling me that those fucking two million streams are like it, it's it's just really disappointing that that we have this reliance, or not we. Uh, I guess I suppose we as a collective, um, for the most part, as a collective genre, that we have such a reliance on you know huge labels or uh, you know editorial that nobody is building up themselves as a producer or as an artist that's really kind of showing themselves. Uh, to be like, as who they are and that's like super super disappointing especially when you know we have people like the, the, that tweet 
saying that they're happy you know they're sitting there all proud that they get millions of streams but no fame and i just think that's so fucking dumb um and you know it just the the past those two weeks when editorial i think it's from the 20th to the 17th um that there was no lo-fi beats update or anything and just seeing a lot of these new releases from artists that would normally be getting you know hundreds of thousands of streams from editorial playlists getting nothing just kind of proved to me that even the those artists that are sitting there with millions of streams when they drop themselves aren't worth shit um <laughs> like not exactly. to even sound like cunty about it like if it wasn't for editorial playlists a lot of these artists wouldn't get anything and you know for a full fact that a lot of them probably just would never do it like if, if spotify for some weird really bizarre reason because again as we've said a number of times everyone just focuses on fucking spotify if spotify just decided to shut down because they were like you know what we're gonna move into i don't know exactly. logistics we're gonna start fucking yeah. transporting fucking bread across the country yeah. what are you gonna do well, everyone will flock to Apple Music, obviously, but, yeah. you know, it's this kind of dependency on what is essentially a platform to hold yeah. us up. And this is something that I experienced from the very, very beginning of even producing music, that you will have artists that will sit there and get pissed off at Spotify for not getting yeah. any support. So they'll be like, yeah. oh, fuck you, Spotify, for not supporting my new independent release. And it's like, yeah, yeah but what have you done to to get spotify to notice you or to get you know spotify is a platform at the end of the day spotify is just a service for people to come and listen to music they have no obligation to do anything to you or for you so if when you sit there having a fucking moan because spotify does nothing to support the independent artists that's support yourself because as we've seen from the 20th to the 17th uh, 20th of january to the 17th of february when there's no lo-fi beats update the lo-fi scene just runs yeah. around with fucking fire because there's there's nothing happening yeah um uh, yeah and that's just a real fucking shame but yeah that that that's yeah, which 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 was funny because it's like i i didn't really see uh any drops in my streams you know what i mean because there is like all this hard work that's been put in to make myself and the label known to reach out to millions of people without the support but people being able to now recognize a fucking name or even a face because i mean and this is what i've been telling you like a lot that ever since i started this fucking thing with the label I've always been like in all my communications, emails, chats, DMs, all that kind of shit. I was like, blah, 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 blah. cheers, Paul. Like yeah. everybody, you know, from the very beginning knew that it's some dude, some Greek guy called Paul behind this fucking thing. Yeah. And it wasn't like, uh, blah, 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 cheers, XYZ records. Yeah. Or chill, cheers, lo fi, insert animal name, <laughs> something before this. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like, that's why, you know, to, to connect it with what we said like earlier, that's why I thought like a statement like that is dumb and you're being a bozo. Like, I, how are you going to benefit 
if you don't quote unquote become a celebrity on what you're doing like if you don't quote unquote become famous yeah. like if this is like if this is your living if you make your living out of that because we see a lot of a bunch of people that were like you know before covid like quit your jobs <laughs> <laughs> uh that they would say stuff like that like of course i want i want people to know me if that if if i make my living through that i want people to know me because this is gonna this is something that is scalable and I can scale it. it means like if more people know me the more they will listen to my shit the 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 more they can recommend me to other people to friends or you know it's what the fuck yeah like it, it makes perfect sense but yeah i guess i guess i'm a dumb fuck so <laughs> i don't know shit for shit no i i think it's just it, it's a weird just a weird area that we're in at the minute and and you know i've always been very familiar with the fact that, that there is a level of of anonymity that a lot of artists are happy to kind of sit behind especially when it comes to um i guess us as a label you know we create agreements for each artist and, and when we're saying hey you know for this agreement to actually have some sort of validity we need to have your legal name and address and you know the amount of pushback that i've kind of had on this especially from artists that that are very much hiding behind a pseudonym or hiding behind you know you know like an avatar it's like you know what that's fine that you want to hide behind that but when it comes to to this thing that we are working on together i want to be able to know that if we fuck up in any way because this is the thing with, with the agreement that we put together we want it to be a sort of a thing that says this is what we're going to do with your music and if at some point you come along and say you didn't do this or you're doing this and i don't agree with that and it, you never said that this is what you're going to do in this agreement at the end of the day if you don't put your legal name and address we can just be like so what <laughs> exactly exactly so you know it, it's equal parts like protection for both us as a label and, and you as, a, as an artist and you know again if you want to hide behind this anonymity and, and not have any of those kind of like legal protections if things go go wrong then because you're afraid the fucking you know local tax agency yeah, in your country exactly is so you, you know, look you up yeah hold on <laughs> i mean yeah you, you do you so. yeah but um hold on, i've got to let my cat in as always oh never without an animal situation well, you're 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 a lo-fi dad of animals. I'm a lo-fi dad of uh, Gwen. There we go. Right. Yeah. It's the sort of thing you open the door for him, and then he just runs away. Yeah. So irritating. No, as you said, your your uh, drawbits earlier said that oh, we are his favorites, his favorite lo-fi dads. You're a lo-fi dad of animals. I'm a lo-fi dad. I suppose of, so. Yeah. Little girl. So yeah. But yeah. Um. Though speaking of, of cats, this kind of segues nice into a, the next topic we wanted to talk about, which is something that, that has been mentioned to me a fair bit, actually, more than I uh, like to actually care about. Um, and there was there's a specific artist that recently has seen success. There was, there was, there was a resurgence. Yes. So basically... <laughs> um, there's an artist that has a playlist, and that playlist yeah. all of a sudden started getting really, really fucking popular. Like, yeah. really, really popular. 
and I've had a couple of people message just being like, oh, have you seen that this playlist has, has got big, like, um, because, you know, this artist may or may not have been related to uh, bot or suspect activity in the past. Unfortunately, though, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's not the case this time, and I, I will definitely... Uh, you know, say that that admit that it isn't as um, nefarious as it seems. Um, so basically, I mean, I, I've mentioned this person in the past. That we have history. Uh, Chilled Cat has a medieval lo-fi playlist, which, to kind of give it some history, it is a playlist that's based off of another playlist anyway. Um, and basically, so his medieval lo-fi playlist started getting a shit ton of new followers and subsequently a shit ton of new plays because someone made a tiktok video about it um basically talking about niche playlists and how so this again it kind of follows on from someone so someone made a tiktok right that was like I put on this playlist because it makes me feel like I'm like when I'm doing chores because it makes me feel like I'm going around the house and and you know cleaning up an old tavern and they highlighted a playlist and it was like a medieval lo-fi playlist someone then stitched or or tagged that creator in their own TikTok which then basically was her saying whoever made this playlist uh you know is a genius because I listen to it while I'm doing chores and it transports me to this this new world that makes me feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a little elf cleaning up a tavern, blah blah blah. The playlist was Chilled Cat's lo-fi, fucking medieval lo-fi playlist and, yeah. you know, as with most viral TikToks, it's, it's seen a boom, the playlist itself has got big and, you know, he's come out from the fucking woodwork and has started um, releasing, releasing again. again right? um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it was was mostly around um, the idea that thing. I guess that outside of the box thinking. That's kind of the really thing that I wanted to talk about. This was was that kind of outside of the box thinking, and that I feel like as a community we're all always very much going towards the safe option. Oh, so yeah. you know we've got the lo-fi beats to sleep to we've got the the lo-fi study music you know when, when you talk about lo-fi it is you know lo-fi study lo-fi sleep so this to me just kind of shows that even though you're maybe taking a bit of a shot in the dark and i'm talking not about chill cats playlist here i'm now talking about the actual original one which does genuinely have medieval sounding lo-fi on it unfortunately the one that was that, that's run by Chilcat has now just been filled with just generic fucking lo-fi boringness. Um, yeah. But that that original one that is using because there's maybe two or three artists that create very like I guess medieval sounding versions of popular music as well. But lo-fi is it's a very very unique niche. It is. That they it found. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. And. It, it's, it works for them and it works for the creator of that original playlist as well that you know you can press play and it just sounds like you're listening to you know watermelon sugar by harry i'm loving harry styles today by, by harry styles that, that's that's being played on like fucking lutes and like just weird old medieval instrument like flutes and shit it, it's actually yeah. really impressive what the a couple of these artists have, have put all of their like commitment into okay 
and in turn creating this playlist that, that has that specific sound in a sense has, has blown up because there are people that are interested in weird niche like shit yeah and i'd feel like this is something that we as as artists need to maybe start thinking about doing like it's easy enough to play with the safe ops you know we, we've spoken enough like a few minutes ago about all of these labels that people are, are kind of bending over backwards to to appease so that they get on these the editorial playlists or that they get on these big label own playlists but like kind of stepping out of this this box of you know lo-fi sleep lo-fi chill beats for study work sleep relax whatever the fuck and creating something that's incredibly like interesting and niche it's proven that it has some sort of like validity and almost appeal that doesn't necessarily happen with just like your basic lo-fi stuff i mean i did you actually check out that tiktok that i sent to you last week which was a girl that was highlighting the fact that you can now so within the spot again and this is super interesting going back to what spotify kind of do in the future you can now tap on like playlists and stuff and go into the menu and you can press to not include things in your taste profile not your main artist profile but your like your main like user profile but your actual taste profile so if you listen to a playlist it's not going to have a huge effect on your release radar i found this tiktok absolutely fucking hilarious because it was (laughs) it was someone saying that there's this new feature you can unfollow it from your taste profile and she was like i listened to this i can't get to sleep without listening to this and it was fucking lo-fi girls playlist (laughs) and she was like you can tap to not include it in your taste profile so in your release radars and daily mixes it's not just fucking (laughs) lo-fi and like you know there are people that that it's it's just super i kind of lost my trail of thought but like I wanted to kind of, yeah, just kind of discuss that that outside of the box thinking can really just, it can, and it has been proven to be super beneficial, maybe not necessarily in an instant, and I think that's the main blocker that's stopping a lot of artists from experimenting with different sounds, that they they hit that wall of, well, if it's not going to give me instant gratification, then I'm not going to do it. Um, but, you know, this has proven that it was a, a sleeping, like thing that eventually blew up and you know maybe we should i think yeah go for it yeah i mean we're, we're it's, it's it's quite interesting like when you brought this story to me uh i mean i i, I we knew from the get-go how this was gonna end you know that it, it's gonna get a little bit of like a like a temporary traction and then people are gonna realize that they're not actually any medieval sounding tracks in there so yeah, yeah. and i think uh, this was like again using public data yep uh, stuff you can find on search metric or even spotify for artists when you compare artists with one another um you can see like there was like a very uh there was like a very steady uh, let's say decline i would guess based on the fact that people were figuring out like oh there's not as many medieval stuff here is this because like you said it's like a very niche niche well that that's the thing like <laughs> people are coming to this playlist for a specific sound 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was very specific, which again showcases another th the, the, the other thing that for me was showcased is that uh, great, you know, the SEO worked because we know there's like a bunch of people who, I mean, the, the similarly to the amount of tracks being released every week on spot on, on streaming platforms uh, is the fact that playlisting has been oversaturated. Yeah. Like there's like playlists on playlists on playlists upon playlists. Like we used to make a joke a couple of years ago uh, about your playlist, the lo-fi beats to eat cake too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and so I think I think like I think like two years down the line, some people, uh, like, you know, as, as as if they acted on a joke or something. Yeah, about that. They, 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 there would be like a lo-fi for everything. I mean, we used to joke about Universal, for example, adding the word lo-fi on absolutely fucking everything, <laughs> like well, lo-fi for kids, yeah. lo-fi for this, lo-fi for snuggling in the sofa, lo-fi for watching Netflix, lo-fi for like putting the dishes, like whatever the fuck, you know, just listen, make sure you listen to lo-fi. We also know that other people are kind of like doing that in, in an attempt to like think outside the box. <laughs> but yeah, that's also like a little bit stupid. Um, in any case, it worked. Yeah. Because a, a fucking playlist that you did back then, I don't know, like a couple of years ago, and nobody gave a fuck to, and you stuffed it with um, nothing that had to do with the title of the playlist. Like, I have like two main playlists. Mm -hmm. One is called like Chill Beats Something Something, and the other one's like Lo Fi Vibes. And the, the way that the songs are curated using smart playlists is. Um, on uh, basically on the energy of the track yeah. like the chill beats are by default more jazzy more up tempo more whatever so i would just collect tracks from multiple playlists that i follow also editorials and even the our releases yeah. and i will like structure them like that i won't be like blindly put the latest released on the top because i would like to keep some sort of fucking relevance to the fucking curation that i'm that i'm doing you know so somebody like coming to listening to to some more like a chill beat and expects like a, a more of a jazzy up-tempo vibe and the first thing they listen to is like a fucking sleepy lo-fi shit it's like oh fuck it i'm leaving well like, that's the thing I'm isn't it? gonna follow you yeah well yeah exactly but I think what I'm trying to say is like what it boils down to, you know, playlisting, releasing, what we mentioned earlier, like whatever, um, not dick writing, not going for labels who have like, it's your fucking integrity. It's, for me, this is what it all burns down to. It's fucking integrity at the end of the day. Like you can, you can call it like, oh, it's the classic indie guy who is not, he's, no, he's, he's giving shit to the majors and to all the guys who are like successful because like he cannot do it and blah, blah, blah. No, dude, it's like, I just, I'm not gonna sell out. And we said this like a thousand times, like not to through the podcast, also like also to people like outside, like, you know, giving like, um, you know, since we're the lo-fi dads, we, you know, we try to pass out some knowledge as well. So it's like, I, I cannot recall the amount of times that I said to people that don't make music for specific playlists. Yeah. Don't try to fit the sound of a fucking label. Like, listen to the, the music that the label puts out. Yeah. You know, you submit something to them because you think it fits for whatever reason. The label comes back to you and is like, oh, you need to change this, change that. No, fuck you. That's my sound. 
The moment you start like bending your creative truth, it's the moment you become a fucking whore. <laughs> I, as, simple, as simple as that. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't even, I don't even want to argue and say, oh yeah, I really need the money, whatever. Okay, if you if you need the money, fuck off. Like, you're not even part of the discussion. That's it. Just don't want to fucking, you know, see people, you know, out there with fucking plaques, flexing numbers, like all that kind of shit. Like, you know. You got like a million streams on Spotify. Whoop de doo da, man. Like whatever the fuck. It doesn't even mean anything. It's like the same. It's the same level of fucking. Oh, I'm verified on Instagram. So what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so what? Especially now, and I'm using that as a transition to our next subject. When every fucking social platform out there, you can just fucking pay and get verified. Yep. So what? Like, like, what is this? What is this fucking thing coming to? Like, you call yourself a fucking musician, and then all of a sudden you can pay for verification. You can like write a specific dick to get numbers. You can do this. You can do that. Like, where's your fucking integrity, bro? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think like, what, with the paid verification thing, it, it's it's now bringing that whole verification badge thing back down to the fucking reality that it was to begin with which was to verify well not necessarily twitter but the the meta verification is now bringing it back down to what it was which was to verify that the person that runs this account is actually that person so like kim kardashian for example she's verified because that's actually kim kardashian not someone that's done kim kardashian zero one and not it's not fucking Lazy Boy Loops and fucking Pueblo Vista. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's well, no, because th that's the thing. And this is when fucking the whole lo-fi scene started wanking off over Dashgo, giving everyone a fucking verification badge. Yeah, yeah. Um, Guilty as what, Well, yeah, I mean, ex that's exactly how I got it, whatever. But um, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. what I noticed I around that time as well was because it was very difficult, it was easier for for single producers to get the verification badge but it was more difficult for labels to get the verification badge and what did i begin noticing oh labels all of a sudden started getting a lot of fake profiles being made on instagram oh no please report this fake profile that isn't me that isn't the label account they're pretending to be the label account please stop and report them and then all oh, lo and behold the next week they were fucking verified on instagram because guess Guess what? You were behind those fake fucking profiles because then you had a leg to stand on when you went to Dashgo with your tail between your legs being like, I yeah, need to yeah. be verified because there are all of these fake accounts. And this is me being like a completely ranty <laughs> little cunt. Because I saw yeah. it exactly like clockwork. There were two very specific labels that aren't big they're not fucking lo-fi girl they're not no. even hypnozer or even i guess lo-fi jazz at this point because they're pretty well known like these were kind of smallish fucking labels that no that, that had barely been around for a year that were all of a yeah. sudden getting three to four fake accounts made about them and then up oh, the next minute they were verified because these fake accounts and guess what those fake accounts never resurfaced nobody continued yeah. to make fake accounts because guess what you all got what you want and you all got your fucking verification tick but hey it's fucking useless now because meta's coming along and saying for just 15 pound a month you can be verified and get extended reach and what is the fucking point <laughs> i exactly. but i have this absolutely exactly. brilliant fucking extension for twitter um in that yeah. it 
it pulls the verification badge and those that are actually like legacy verified as they're being called now it changes the verification badge on my twitter to say actually verified and then (laughs) for those that have paid for twitter blue it now shows a really crudely hand-drawn fucking uh verification and next to it says paid for verification and i'm I, i find it unsurprising but very unfortunate when i scroll down my twitter feed on um on the desktop because that's where the extension's installed and just see the amount of fucking lo-fi or adjacent artists that now have a jankily crudely drawn paid for verification thing next to them because (laughs) i'm very much from that classic age of seeing that verification tick and being like oh shit you know actually that that's a a good thing you know they're getting recognized because twitter was notoriously difficult to get a um a verification badge you know you had to be uh you had to have articles from very specific publications that twitter um Mm. that twitter specified yeah twitter approved and now you just pay and it, it for a yeah. second i'm like oh shit you know that, that this person's got a verification and then i see that it says paid for verification next to it and i'm like uh, <laughs> that's disappointing yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a we live in very interesting times yeah but it's like i think i think now it's a good time that a lot of people need to just you know step back a little bit like ding down just slow down it's as we said like a thousand times especially when it comes to this and like I, I mean i think i think i'm i'm still surprised how this scene keeps on going because it's yeah. it has nothing to do with anything like it, it it's not as it started uh the community like it used to be a lot more wholesome now there's you find pockets of wholesomeness yeah because everybody is all about getting on that editorial writing that dick you know go to this label and that label because it's guaranteed they will get their fucking editorial playlist i mean i don't know what's guaranteed since last week but uh, nothing nothing much like really changed but at the end of the day it's like you know I, I find it like it's it's very it could be very disheartening for somebody who starts now it could be also very uh, it can freak you out makes you like completely very anxious about shit because um, it's like you know you're starting out you want to start making music or whatever of course like like everything else in all this planet you know technology evolves we evolve with it as humans but I don't want to be that guy that says like maybe maybe I'm becoming that guy that says oh they don't make them like they used to <laughs> like and refer to to the music and and all that stuff like how it was back in the day before Spotify before YouTube like there was this the only way at least for me starting with dance music to you know release music and go with the label and get a track on Beatport yeah. of all services uh, there had to be some sort of a label because it was like nobody knew how this works and then district showed up and demystified everything yeah um but then again you know if if you i just i just find it like very sad like we we 
it came down to this and not just for lo-fi i think this definitely affects other uh, genres as well i mean we saw it lately uh what we saw lately is like uh uh, jungle as it calls it's called in the uk or drum and bass like you know resurfacing again coming up becoming like a little bit more popular maybe with the younger generation i don't know whatever i mean fun fact i learned how to dj with drum and bass yeah. because it's like it's one of the most difficult styles to learn and then if you learn how to dj with drum and bass house music is like you know you go for a lick you go take a piss and you just mix the record that's it yeah. it's so easy um anyway and 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 it was like and who's involved with that fucking strange fruits <laughs> like like uh, there's like fucking random uh you know drum and bass remixes popping up again like out of the blue and it's like the drum and bass fruits Jeez. and you're like oh for f fuck's sake like didn't you just it's fucking it's a dead horse like yeah. fucking stop poking it like let the fucking thing be but it's like there's i think there's so much back channeling there's so much fucking money changing hands like maybe i you know maybe i'm becoming like the fucking jim jones of lo-fi music now you know where my fucking tinfoil hat and all that kind of shit but <laughs> it is happening yeah you know we, we've seen it a lot it's like even with spotify that it's 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 a hard fact like the money that we receive as artists even if you say you release a solo thing like the money you're getting is only 30 percent of what's being generated as 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 gross income yeah and the rest of the 70 percent they keep so imagine uh, i mean i don't even want to go down that that rabbit hole of like one one cent per stream <laughs> it's like no <laughs> but Oh man, it's just like yeah. Well, even if it was like... that kind of um, the thing that I think is it SoundCloud a trial in or, or the SoundCloud do, which is that you know you get paid for the streams that you make based on the subscriptions yeah. that people have. Like yeah. that's fine and all, but I think that maybe I don't know. I just feel like, especially on Spotify even within this small kind of niche scene if it turned into that kind of you know pay as you play uh like payment system i can't yeah. help but think that artists will just start streaming their own music 24 7 yeah exactly but yeah, then yeah. i mean we, we... And then i'm thinking like in in the in the short term they're essentially then just giving themselves their 9.99 back so all they'll be doing is getting spotify for free so <laughs> i mean we we, we did kind of like see that there was like a point i think um i don't know i i if i remember correctly like some there was some, some sort of like an announcement on twitch like a couple of years ago and then immediately you start seeing like lo-fi live streams on twitch you know people did it of yeah. course you know it is what it is but it's like again you know it brings us to the whole monetary thing it's it's like there are ways if you really want to make money out of music there are ways you can do it it's just, and 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 there you know it's as easy you can figure this stuff out as easy as like you know you're, if you're sitting in front of your screen like trying to make a beat spend a couple of more hours trying to do some research uh maybe not on google maybe try some other browser or some other search engine like fucking i don't know duck duck go because it brings different results than google and you don't have so many sponsored shit there 
and figure things out like how to license your music to sync it like sell it like uh, start ma emailing i don't know what's your favorite game on your fucking mobile phone or your tablet like email the fucking developer you said you yeah. want to use my lo-fi beats for but whatever whatever i mean I, I i see like you know we're making fun with taki brown on the fucking chat now like about you know <laughs> fucking lo-fi beats <laughs> what is it <laughs> lo-fi beats to get sub subtly, subtly angry about mundane angry things to about mundane things and i just said mundane medieval things yeah <laughs> like, you're making a niche niche as it goes but it's fucking hell man like it's it's but the the common denominator what i've what i've seen with everything is like and I will say it again and again. We've been saying it for forever, even before we met. It's like everybody identified this genre of music as Smash Cow. I'm not saying this is correct, but I'm saying what's the common denominator? It's easy to make, yep. and it generates a lot of money. Yep. And everybody just jumped jumped on it as soon uh, as like the a, pandemic hit, and we started to see a lot more of a I guess boom in people wanting kind of safe distraction free music to listen to and yeah. lo-fi beats playlist started to get more and more followers more and more plays we saw an absolutely huge influx of artists that were coming along to cash in on that it's that simple like this is such a, an easy genre to come along and make money um you know i can i can i can name which i won't at least five because it's a good number of i'm not even gonna say like known producers who their pitch back then me already being like a three-year-old label 2020 i started making beats in the pandemic mm -hmm. what were you doing before that nothing like, the, this is what I also said, like, a lot of people had a lot of fucking free time in their hands during the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it took me fucking, I don't know, at least I would say six years of DJing. Maybe I would say five, not six. Five years of DJing house music before I could actually say I feel comfortable, you know, making that. And I spent another like 10 years making dance music. So when there was this sort of like switch to instrumental beat, instrumental hip hop, because I was already quote unquote seasoned in music producing, it's just like, I didn't just open up like Ableton. Like I worked with like a multitude of like fucking does. I was a bit more adept. So it took me another three years to say, oh, I can make something now yeah. that I feel comfortable with, that I'm not fucking, you know, trying to um, appropriate something or trying to milk something, something that is, I, I feel happy with myself to do it. And I won't mind getting like critique on it, whether it's like negative or positive. It's, know, it's the same for me. Yeah. So, and all this fucking multi-instrumentalists without like the, it's the good thing was like a lot of these people you know are multi-instrumentalists and they're like oh it's easy to make whatever meanwhile you have like dudes like and i don't know i'm gonna mention i'm gonna mention taki now because he's in the chat um like there's multi-instrumentalists and there's multi-instrumentalists and i don't want to suck his dick or whatever um but it's like 
you know the stuff that he makes it's like there's a, there's like a fucking variety yeah. like the shit and then there's this other like group of people who just like playing it safe and this is like you know the key word that i took from your rant previously what, what you said your, your your segment before you know playing it safe yeah like safe let's make the safe beats like some lush guitars some like straightforward beats yeah. uh, mindful piano like whatever and then they label it with the whole thing like nowadays which we see it like super crazy and it caught me off by surprise as well like how the fucking i don't know sleepy thing whatever the frequencies are set on whatever and it like helps your brain and fixes this and i'm like is there any real substance behind that like what do you think you're like more the musician you're more of a musician than i am that's why i have to ask you I, that kind of just comes more down to like a scientific study that I don't necessarily uh, understand much myself. So like, and this is, it's more of a debate within um, like, I guess, music, like music theory, musician, uh, uh, let me, I'm just trying to get a, um, a thing up so I can be a little bit more specific okay so yeah it, it all comes down to pitch um, so the way that the majority of um, the, the majority of instruments are tuned is based on hertz so like you know we are, we, we have like the the notes a to uh, g so a b c d e f g or whatever then they create the keys they create whatever i'm sure tacky will be a lot more um clued into this than i am um but each of those letters is determined based on a frequency like a, a hertz frequency and a lot of the majority of classical instruments nowadays are tuned to uh with a being 430 hertz which is like a classical pitch but then there is those that then want to do um, or consider it more of a perfect pitch being 432 hertz for A. Um, and some say that that is a more sort of uh, closer to the human f frequency receptors or some shit. Again, I don't really know... Um, know the reason why there are people that think it has some sort of health benefits that when a is tuned to 432 it is a lot more calming to our you know our mental state because it hits a certain thing within our head again i don't know i can't say 100 percent, but for the most part unless you are very specifically trying to achieve something yeah it's such a minor tweak to the sound that it doesn't necessarily have i don't know it i don't i don't personally i don't care um the only thing i find annoying is when i'm trying to so uh i think it is the track it's either sweatpants or boogeyman by childish gambino and that's tuned to a 440 and i only find it annoying because then i have to tune my bass to you know uh, sorry a432 um so then i have to 
adjust my tuning and my, my tuning pedal i have to say that a is okay. 432 and it just has a different sound to it i don't know again i, I can't really speak for how how much of an effect it has on the human thingy there are some that believe that it has some sort of scientific I mean, benefit to me, calming me, things me being me being a simpleton than i the simpleton that i am when it came like the only thing i know about that kind of stuff back in the day when i used to dj stuff i knew that c minor or even sometimes major but predominantly c minor was the key that is mostly related with grounding you as a human so it would be better at least during the dj sets the warm-up dj sets to play a lot of c minor key songs so that people feel more comfortable you know earthed yeah. or whatever the fuck and i mean based on my experience because i did that because I used to DJ, I DJed a lot, especially after my second, third year of DJing, that I got more into the, I wouldn't say music theory, but DJ theory, was uh, doing, I was doing a lot of melodic, uh, melodic, melodic mixing. So I would mix based on keys. So even if a track was like, I wouldn't say a different genre, like you, you know, you couldn't have like house music and then mix like a hip hop. Yeah. It would make like, it was quite obvious. But even if like maybe the tempo was different or like the, the and you had to pitch it down and all that stuff, if the, the key was the same or it, if it was like a neighboring key, because keys, that's why you have key clashes. Me being an idiot, again, like I said, I know what keys mix with what keys, and I used to label even all my records with yeah. letters on it, like C major, C minor, this and this and that, and I knew. Um, it worked. But when it comes to that stuff, like, I don't know, maybe the fact that I'm so into this whole thing, that when a thing came out, I tried to, you know, experiment a little bit with it and make sure it's like 432 hertz or maybe 431 or something to see if there's like if i would have if this would have an impact on my brain yeah uh i also tried it to my child <laughs> i didn't see a difference i think to be honest the <laughs> the difference is so i mean essentially it's it's to, it's a like is it two hundredths of hertz or two hertz? Yeah, two hertz different. Two hertz. Yeah. That. Yeah. If you were to listen to an entire composition that is, you know, a equals four thirty two, you wouldn't. You're not going to notice it. But then, okay. even if I think, even if you followed it up with a track that's, you know, a four thirty, I don't think it's going to it's not such a drastic difference but there i think there's a lot a lot of um holistic thinking around how 432 is more in tune with the humans i think again it's something to do with just the way that our bodies vibrate i don't like, fucking know yeah exactly i was about to say like the whole vibration yeah. thing like this because this discussion reminded me like i find i'm i actually am about to finish uh, the fourth season of Westworld. I, I didn't. I, I didn't have a clue that it was like a third season and a, and, a, and a fourth season came out. I just dropped it after the second season. Yeah. 
and now the fourth season they have like it's it's the the host control the humans and they have this sort of like a, a huge penis dick looking like tower thing that emits like a certain vibration yeah. or something and makes you fucking do shit <laughs> I, I and i just i just it, it feels like very dystopian and yeah. i feel like this is fucking snake oil shit i don't know i i don't i wouldn't Maybe. necessarily say it's it's snake oil i think it's an interesting way of experimenting with with music and different tonalities of music um but again like i said that there's a, a childish Gambino song that i like to play on bass and trying to play it with the track like from it, listening to it and i'm sure the rest of the album maybe isn't even in the same like frequency tuning yeah. but you know yeah. listening to it yeah. you don't really notice until i pick up my instrument and go to play along with it even though when i play along with the bass line outside of the track it's in tune it sounds yeah. exactly like the track should when i play it with the track it's just so very slightly out that i then have to if i want to play along with it it very much have to tune the entire instrument um do i, I feel more grounded the, listening to the that? average sorry, no, sorry, sorry i just i just i just feel like i don't think that the average listener would you know would this will if i don't think that the average listener will be affected i by, think uh, by 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 changing yeah. on the I think the thing that you the the thing that you're referring to with it being like snake oil, I wouldn't necessarily say snake oil. I just think it's just an interesting marketing thing. Um, exactly, it, it, exactly. It's just sorry, sorry. it's just it's absolutely just yeah. marketing. I don't think they're going to pioneer any sort of um, thing by doing that. It's just an interesting way of of marketing that music. And do you know what? That's fine. That's something that I'm really uh eager to explore more of anyway just different ways of marketing music and if if your mm. if your main selling point is that you create like the music that you put out is you know a fourth three four whatever the fuck um because it's more in tune with the human psyche or whatever that's cool that's a really interesting way of marketing that music and you know exactly. good, good luck to you at the end of the day like for me it's like it's something that is it has insufficient data. The data that you have for this right now, even like uh, any research and any papers that's been made out of this is not tangible at the moment. It's like so fucking fresh that, yeah, you're 100% correct. Like when I say like the whole snake oil things to me, it translates to like a very interesting marketing approach to market something that's already been so saturated. Like it feels like there's nothing else to say. So, oh, we found out this, like, it's as if like, I, I mean, again, I don't want to diss on anybody's like marketing plan. Good for you. You want to do that. You want to play with that. Like you said, good luck. Yeah. It's, it's something like super new. I would like, like I said, I fucked with it personally on the side. I didn't see to, you know, something. So I don't, I don't feel like compelled to apply this to whatever. And even like include it as a marketing thing. Cause it's, I don't feel it's going to make me stand out. Yeah. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, if there's more like data for it, because and I've been into the fucking music stuff, like I said, the only thing that I know is like, if you even compose something and have a track and it's like predominantly C minor or in the minors, B minor is also nice, a nice key as well. It's a more of like an earthing sound, like it calms you more down. Yeah. This is the whole thing that I know. But the whole hurts. 
So I, I just kind of I've got a real quick rundown about what it what it is. So like yeah. the standard yeah, tuning we'll uh, that is four foot four forty hertz is the standard preference for tuning musical instruments and has been that way since like the the fucking eighteen hundreds. Um, the reason why we're now focusing on four thirty two hertz um, is that it is apparently it contains universal and spiritual healing properties compared to a more aggravating and irritating properties of 440. Um, apparently, yes, oh. the, the 432 is more in tune with the human temperament and the way that we perceive and, and hear sound. So it is is considered a more superior and human natural tuning than 440. That's, that's kind of what it is. But again, there's there's seven hertz between it, so if that's no, it's it's like you said, it's it's an interesting uh, marketing yeah. approach. That, that's the only it's way I see it, which is fine. You know, approach. it's not harming anyone. You're not, um, you know. It's 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 not for everybody. Yeah, we have to say that it's not for everybody. But but yeah, it's kind of just, over that. It is what just, it is. It's funny. But again, this kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of, of this particular topic about you know doing something unique and outside of the box. That's a fairly unique and out. Or relatively unique thing you know making sure that all of the artists involved in this project use that specific free, you know bass frequency and, and tuning standard again it, it makes it more appealing to people that want to explore different types of music and and you know i, I you did mention that i i think chill cat with his um, medieval lo-fi playlist was kind of a right place at the right time kind of thing and I, it, it isn't lasting for them because yeah. as we kind of expected with that person and, and we all know that I have history with them and, and you know, they have blocked yeah. me on many platforms because they previously <laughs> botted a lot of my music and, and again, I have... No, 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 no. They were targeted. Whatever the fuck. They, I have allegedly. A, allegedly. a very bizarre spike in my followings whenever i worked with this this particular um, Targ- it's called targeting yes, that when they were targeted um yeah but anyway in typical yeah. fashion to this person they have just filled the playlist with just their beats and their label releases and yeah. 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 you can go on and play it it, it there's no, they have maybe one or two tracks at the beginning from the artist medieval Knievel, which is you know one of the artists that create this very interesting niche music just, the rest of it just, is just generic just enough to throw you yeah. off basically the rest of it it's is like, just oh, generic shit, lo-fi that's... and much like yeah. when we met a couple of podcasts back when uh we mentioned that a label that had purchased a spotify account with some some big playlist and then just filled what was a latino hip-hop playlist with just generic lo-fi yeah. beats it's just going to hemorrhage followers and plays there might exactly. be a spike and and this is kind of again you know if you're gonna create this kind of niche uh let's playlist for example if you're gonna create this kind of niche playlist you're gonna have to commit to it because listeners will flock to wherever the thing is that they want to listen to if they click shuffle on what is supposed to be a medieval lo-fi playlist and all they get is generic sounding lo-fi sleepy beats they're not going to stick around because they want that feeling that this person in that TikTok explained, which was, you know, yeah. doing chores and whatever, feeling like they're in a medieval tavern. 
what, what's the what's the point if all I'm hearing is just like the same fucking generic music? That's not the case. Um, Best case scenario, they will probably check the playlist and find these like top three, four tracks that are actually medieval lo-fi sounding thing and then they will go to the artist page and then they will follow the artist and then at least maybe something good will come out of it i do um. disagree with that because of the way that that spotify very much or the, the way that people consume music on spotify uh i don't think that that would be the case i think what will happen is okay. the the playlist will get um it will get the streams it will get a couple of plays but for the most part when it goes to just generic lo-fi stuff that has nothing to do with any sort of medieval thing they'll just turn off and yeah that follow might remain but they'll probably never play that playlist playlist again so instead what you're yeah. getting is just a, a temp Shit. just a temporary follow that isn't going to have yeah. any effect um yeah but that's why you know i always say like create stuff in a niche for sure but kind of you gotta stick to it as well there's like you yeah. know I, i've got my lo-fi to eat cake to playlist because i wanted a playlist that was a melting pot of different lo-fi sounds you know it, it has some jazzier stuff it has some boom bappy stuff it has some like sleepier beat stuff and, and more kind of like generic -y, popular lo-fi sounds in it because it is just this melting pot of of music you know like a cake is made up of different ingredients yeah, that was the it's... concept um I'm yet to get my big break, but that's fine. You know, I'm not going to sit here and complain. Maybe one day someone will be like, I want to bake a cake and listen to Lo-Fi and search Lo-Fi cake. Um, unfortunately, I think it will come up with the, the label Lo-Fi cake. I don't think uh, I'm that lucky yet. <laughs> or you should change your artist name to Lo-Fi cake. Oh God, no, I'm fine. I'm good oh, with, with that. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like it's super funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the um, we can jump into the the hot take topic that we have. Oh, the, the hottest topic that's happening right now. The hottest, the hottest, hottest. Oh, that, I've just just a, a, as a side note, I searched for Lo-Fi Cake. Uh, unfortunately, it comes up with an artist called Lo-Fi Cakes Music. Um, it comes up with a song called Lo-Fi Cafe by Chill Hip Hop. Lo-Fi Cakes. Um, oh, damn, it doesn't even come up in the top selection of fucking <laughs> playlists. This alien cake lo-fi that comes up and then lo-fi cafe, lo-fi covers. Damn, my playlist isn't even in like... I like. I, I wonder, I wonder when will... And this was a thing, a debate back in there. What was it at some point? Something with... I don't know. Like, when will, you know, all these platforms or whatever start having a little bit of a, more of a q a in the artists that they let on their platform like if you release music and your artist name is chill hop and you have nothing to do with the actual label you shouldn't be able to use that name yeah do you know what or, I, I think i've just done like lo-fi hip-hop records oh or something. god see i get um a lot of submissions on daily playlists from it's a very specific i'm not even gonna say label because i don't think it's a label it's a very specific like organization that that has maybe six or seven different artists that are all just named like generic fucking like lo-fi sleep callum or something like that 
And okay. luckily for me, they all have the exact same aesthetic on the covers, like the the image, and okay. then there's like text over it, but it's a very specific font that they use. And I just okay. go through and just fucking bin them all off because I have two playlists on on daily playlists. One of them's lo-fi cake, the other one is uh, vocal lo-fi. So they're two very different. Okay. Like one of them's like rap and singing and stuff with lo-fi, the other one's just instrumental. If I go on daily playlists and I get two of the exact same track being submitted to both playlists, I do not listen. I just bin it off straight away. If you're not taking a second to see that this is, (laughs) you know, one of them's an instrumental playlist, one of them's vocals, and you're submitting your music to both, I'm not even going to waste my time listening to that. If you can't take two seconds, you're just seeing fucking lo-fi and ticking that little button. Get fucked. But yeah, um, I think I have just maybe uncovered a, a, a nice little um, bot army though. <laughs> if you search, <laughs> I, I've just opened up um, Spotify in a incognito window, searched for lo-fi okay. cake and this alien cake music yeah. has, there's like th- hundreds of different versions of this exact same playlist from loads of different like uh dl hal 1975 uh przi 0640 and they are all the same tracks on all of the same of these like all of these playlists that's really interesting yeah yeah but that's exactly what i'm talking about there's there's no proper qa if there's anything that um the artist community should be pushing as an agenda not only artists maybe also like even labels like indie labels would be a, a proper quality assurance of the stuff that is out there yeah you know like there's this sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't like for example with when it comes to this uh fixed quote unquote fixed playlist from Universal, yep. right? You see all that stuff on Spotify, you don't see that shit popping up on Apple Music or Deezer. No. There's like some sort of like quality assurance happening. Somebody's like checking that stuff. I was like, no, you, you're not allowed to do shit like that, like random stuff like that. But the main problem I think that we're facing and this is, I think, I think I can speak for everybody here, whether it's like you know passive listeners or indies or whatever, is that all these other little profiles call themselves, you know, uh, chill hop artists, yeah. you know, artists, or lo-fi hip hop beats, yep. or this beats or that beats. They all get some streams every now and then. It's not just you know bots or something like that, but all these streams is like streams that you and me and other hardworking artists are missing on. Yeah because of all this fuckery happening and i cannot be mad about these people who are doing this like i literally i'm not gonna hate the player hate the game yeah. well like simple as that i had like, a playlist submission last week i told you about it, didn't i that, that it was like an artist and the, the the track had a name so it was like i don't know summer wine or some shit and then in brackets after the track name it was like summer wine in brackets lo-fi beats to hip-hop study chill relax sleep get fucked yeah and i was like the fuck (laughs) that looks so fucking stupid (laughs) like it's not even it's not even like a proper term like search term anymore it's like it's so saturated like 
it's fucking stupid like i even like i i, I was i was doing a little bit of like a research I, you know i went to do my research uh, tag tag research hiatus like last week like oh, i'm gonna find the best tags on youtube and mm. instagram and whatever like figure out the way why why all the posts are like fucking flunking and shit like yeah. that and and there's like and i thought like what if i put lo-fi girl because i've seen like a couple of posts that blew up like from random labels or whatever and they use that and then you type like lo-fi girls like oh 120 results like nobody even uses that like like you cannot even i don't know hijack something like that like a brand or whatever like it, it doesn't make any sense even and i'm like what, what, the, what, the, what, the, what? I don't know. Yeah. It's like there has to be proper quality insurance instead of just like blindly allowing everything to just go through. And I guess, you know, in, in, in order like not to just hold Spotify responsible, I think the responsibility starts with the distribution. I know for a fact that DistroKid is a little bit strict with that kind of stuff. Like they have like some sort of guidelines. Uh, I had uh, major issues when it came to covers yeah. a, a bunch of times, like when it comes to the text that is included or the style of the cover or the quality of the photo that you've uploaded. I mean, back in the day when they started, you could just upload the yeah. MP3s and release them, which was like the you know, shittiest thing. I've done it because I didn't know any better, yeah. you know, whatever. I didn't know I had to like export my tracks with 119,000 kilohertz quality. <laughs> uh, so, you know, shit like that. But I think it starts, whether we like it or not, with the distribution. There has to be some sort of like a Q&A in distribution so that the second layer of quality insurance should be from Spotify. So then it's not going to be fucking saturated things. There's not going to be fuckery happening. There's not going to be a lot of people abusing the system. There still will be people abusing the system. Just not, not so many. Yeah. I think, though, that that brings a really sketchy territory in for Spotify, especially if they were to start saying, like, hey, no, you're not releasing music yeah. under what is yeah. essentially a genre name. Um, you know, I, I mean, let's be real the lo-fi scene would be fucked if they actually started cracking down on labels using oh, yeah. art, uh, labels using their label name as an artist like yeah. you know it's all just i think if spotify was just gonna come and start putting the foot down on things like that it would be really sketch for them especially because then it stops people from essentially doing what they want um which i, I guess is the point of that but at the same time we have this freedom now where you know anyone can upload anything and yes all right actual generic just actual trash does just get put into obscurity you know there there is um i think if you search the sound of everything uh it's just a play a generated playlist which is just everything on spotify and you just shuffle it just to hear some really interesting stuff um there are like websites created for that, that find tracks that have never been played um and okay. you know you, you can kind of see why because you know yeah. tra trash does get uploaded you know that's that freedom of being able to do that i do think it would get into a real sketch territory if we started to get 
especially like a platform like Spotify come along and say, actually, no, your music is fucking shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, there's a part of me that maybe thinks, what if that actually happened? Um, would you ever see any Lazy Boy Luke's music? Probably not. <laughs> not. Not. But yeah, the, the if we're going to move on... Um, just the last few minutes the spicy topic that's taken producer talk at the uh, not even producer talk producer twitter at the moment is um so tracklib put out an article about um to kind of summarize it there is this group on discord called sample hunters where uh, a lot of people get together and they're essentially sample snitching um for a while exposing people yeah for, for a while they've been using things like you know shazam and uh stuff like that but they've now figured out a way to utilize google assistant and it's new i guess maybe ai shit basically they're, they're utilizing google assistant to find the source of samples that are even less than a second long and they they're discovering yeah, they're discovering the tiniest little snippet in um, Daft Punk's Discovery album, um, and you know, so now now this article has come out that you know no sample is safe even down to a fucking millisecond. There's just this whole like I think there's like three sides that there are on. on uh, twitter at the moment there are those that are standing there being like well using samples and not clearing them is illegal full stop okay there are some that are just like shut the fuck up let us sample if it's not taking an exact you know if it's not taking the first five seconds of if the track transformative doing, at yeah, least, yeah, yeah if it's doing nothing to it and then there are those that are like would I like a rapper to take my this is again me repeating an exact tweet of, of this particular camp would I like a rapper to take my exact track, track, remix it, put it out, and not give me any credit? No. Would I like for an artist to come along and sample my music and turn it into something completely different without my permission? They were like, yes. So there are those that are in that camp that are like, you know, you're taking music and you're turning it into something completely new. Not doing what what most of lo-fi do, which is grab a fucking splice sample, leave it as is, loop it for an entire one minute, 30 seconds, and let's go. You know, those like uh, Mad... Because we've got Madlib that are being fucking exposed. Um, The Japanese lo-fi hip-hop pioneer, which I can never pronounce, either New Jabbies or New New Hub, whatever the fuck, I can't speak Japanese and I don't know the pronunciation of it. New Jabs. Um, Who else is being... (laughs) Let me just get the, the article up. So, Artificial digging, how Google's AI now reveals what producers yeah. sampled. Exactly. The days of hidden samples are over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, it's an interesting, because in the article they talk about um, in 2011, uh, Jazzy Jeff was at the do-over and he was he was playing some music and he, um, he starts playing Herbie Hanco- Hancock's Jessica which everyone's a bit strange thinking like oh you know why are you playing a Herbie Hancock track but then he loops two bars pitches it down by 14 semitones and the melody of a Mob Deep track 
plays because he's figured out where this sample came like what exactly, they did with this yeah, sample yeah. he does it live and it blows people's fucking, minds that, like Questlove that's fucking skills bro that's exactly. fucking skills exactly and <laughs> you know there's obviously the side of things now where people are like look you know these guys and girls probably but in this article it mostly just mentions like you know Madlib and stuff like that um, these these people used sampling as an art form they weren't just grabbing a fucking 30 second like a five second loop and then just making a beat around it they were taking like there's a guy on tiktok that's been going through um like who sampled that website and and looking through the prodigy and the fact that like the prodigy sampled like nirvana led zeppelin and then a bunch of just random like jazz shit in just one track but we're using such the tiniest little snippets here and there to create something that you wouldn't have even thought was was samples like that's just a a, an art form in itself and the fact that you and this is me coming at it from a kind of personal thing that that admittedly i've been getting into like sampling stuff both with like splice but but maybe bits outside you know i attempted i I experimented with track layer by jumps on there to see how that works and how their pricing works and stuff like that Mm. and you know to do it well and well enough to be able to pull something out of what is essentially nothing takes a hell of a lot of skill and the simple fact that there's just a bunch of what i'm gonna say is just a bunch of fucking goody two-shoes sitting in this discord channel being like this daft punk song sampled this 2.2 seconds of this fucking track and it there's not it's not in the writing credits no 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 it's like fuck off get a fucking life you know like you're sitting there not, trying to call do, out two French fucking yeah. producers that, at this point in I time, mean, even if it got found out that they were sample taking samples that haven't been cleared, I'm sure the the estate they've cleared yeah. everything. Yeah, everything. Is no, cleared. no, I'm sure even if it was undiscovered and now they're like, oh, actually that wasn't cleared, they'll just be like, okay, and the label because they're on a fucking major label will just turn around and be like, can we have it? And the, whoever owns it will like, yeah, as long as I get do, paid. Do, do we know if these people were ever involved with making music or if it's just like or if they're or if they're just so it mentions just like exposing that it mentions two pseudonyms um one of them uh called labelia and then there's one called dj pasta so again dj pasta could be a producer yeah i don't know a bunch of all that stuff is like when 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 some like i i personally my personal take is this you know great application of ai congrats if you can like identify using google assistance api you can identify a sample that is less than a second you know that's a great application of something uh, I'm pretty sure there will be like a bunch of major labels who would like to get their hands on that yeah. and just fucking suing people, well, claiming stuff left, right, yeah. and center. <laughs> Nobody's safe. Um, that would be great. But then again, like, why? Like the whole exactly why? What's the point? Concept, like, yeah, the whole fucking concept of hip hop as we know yeah. it was based samples 
on sampling some of on taking something and fucking with it and making something new like the entire fucking music of the human fucking race is based on you know more or less sampling yep. each other like in recycling the same stuff over sometimes you can just you know hear a sample play over it and then use it or just back in the day because maybe you didn't have the opportunity or maybe you weren't as musically proficient you would just like cut it and use it and coming now in 2020 or 20 2023 where it's like you know splice is out like you don't even have to try it's just like boom download let's go yeah like it's not that you have to put it on the record there and then record it and make sure you cut it and load it in your fucking loop machine and then da 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 or be an actual turntablist where you can have like the same record and you can actually turntable the, the living shit out of the sample yeah but yeah but yeah I'm, I'm with you on that like you know great but you know you telling on anybody you're just being a fucking snitch like you don't have to like the who sampled website has been out there for ages you know which is great and it's people like me and you or a lot of other people who are you know are it's just an informative website it's like it's not like really to tell on people it just provides information it's like you would go sometimes there and then you would find like a good sample it's like oh i want to fuck with it yeah sure well the amount of times um, that people in the lo-fi scene have fucking sampled silo dynasty oh guilty yeah. me me too i i done it i done it i just I've done it. i don't know there's definitely a part of me that's kind of like, do you know what? Stop being such a fucking busybody and mind your business. <laughs> but then yeah, there's just, the same. Just fuck at, off. Like, yeah, at the same time, like, like I get why, it. Why? They, they, it is taking music that someone else has created, and you know, it takes that that other person's talent and makes new stuff out of it. But I think if done correctly, it, it's an art form in itself. And I think hmm. if we're gonna start policing that shit i do think the future of of hip-hop like even today's hip-hop you have you know tracks that are coming out like today are still sampling music from like the 60s and 70s the only difference is you know like um so like call me when you get lost tyler's late tyler the creator's latest album that has tons of samples in it the only difference is he has the ability and the connections now to clear those samples yeah. and it will create such a really weird i guess once again it will be just music gatekeeping where you know the bigger yeah. artists you know how how are artists going to come up with a specific sound if all then they have available to them is royalty free samples which i've i've heard people do some really fantastic like stuff that sounds like it's from like the mm. 70s and, and 60s and 70s but you know, it, it kind of then limits the the creativity of artists if we are going to really sort of police that shit. At the same time, though, there was another tweet that was like, "You guys clearly aren't dig dig digging enough if the stuff that you're using has been digitized." And I'm like, <coughs> "Yeah, fair enough. If if you're finding wax that was pressed in the fucking twenties that hasn't been put on streaming services, and you're sampling that." Yeah, go on then. <laughs> At this point, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 
No, there will there I mean there's there's so much music out there yeah. on on vinyl that hasn't been digitized that I wouldn't I wouldn't worry that much right now. You know? There's like there's so much music. So much music. So No for sure. I don't know. I, don't know. I just think I think the whole process that there's just a little fucking Discord set up for what they call themselves the sample hunters. Like get fucked. How sad is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> if that makes me an arsehole, that makes me an arsehole. But it feels like it feels like it feels like a little bit of like a, I don't know. You know, fucking Randall circle, from Circle Jerking. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's like like Randall right, from fucking yeah. Monsters Inc. Just this little fucking weasel. It's like I'm gonna find out where that's from, and I'm gonna tell the teacher. Gonna fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the the sea flea on SpongeBob who wants to find the secret uh, recipe of the crab. Sea flea? Is that what you guys call it? Plankton. What is it? What is plankton? It? Yeah, what, what? It's like a it's like a flea. It's like a tick. No, it's, right? It, it, it's plankton. Ah, he's pl- it's it's plankton. Yeah. Ah, sorry. I, 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 I felt like it was like Come an on. underwater tick. How or can you be like talking about? I, dude, I'm sorry. I just like I never <laughs> got into it. It's like I don't know. It was the secret Krabby Patty formula. <laughs> Wait, that was more exactly, than crab. exactly the Krabby Patty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Probably that. SpongeBob. <laughs> all I know, all I know is like the smallest character, and he has the heaviest voice. So. Yeah, no, he. The, yeah, he he does have a deepest voice, quite, yeah. quite a deep voice. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's plankton. I didn't, I didn't. That's that. that's his name, and that's I guess what he is. Oh, what is it? <laughs> it's plankton. God damn it! I know, I get it. <laughs> Fucking. The, the weirdest thing that I that I um that I get yeah. from from SpongeBob SquarePants is that Mr. Krabs' daughter is a whale. What really? Now, now you. I, I'm. I'm not even. I don't want to even tread into these waters. Oh, this there was like, a TikTok the be... other day that was like, you know, a childhood cartoons are so, um, mm-hmm. you know, so full of innuendos. Like, you know, SpongeBob is based in Bikini Bottom. There is a character yeah. called Sandy Cheeks. I see where this is going. <laughs> and it was just stuff like really first life on YouTube already taken down breaking community guidelines. like our childhood <laughs> cartoons are you know <laughs> well either way I'm definitely going to use uh, Spongebob in the title of the podcast it's going to be great for SEO perfect Let's, yeah, I mean maybe. last 10 seconds of sponge sponge <laughs> sponge my cheeky bottoms yeah <laughs> My sandy cheeks and bikini bottoms. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess uh, with that said, this has been a relatively successful live, like for the first time. Boomers actually made it. The boomers made it, right? Yeah. I'm trying to read what what dipshit is also like mentioning there. There's sadly there's like a slight delay. Like there's also like with with Instagram Live, but it is what it is. <laughs> Oh well. Well, that's been our first YouTube live of many to come. I think everything is gonna start putting up there. We're probably gonna, you know, do a better effort next time. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. And, yeah. Hold ourselves accountable. Or whatever. I mean, technically, you know, scheduling something like that, we can schedule it from 
like the beginning of Saturday or something like that. It could be just sitting on my YouTube. Like people are like, oh yeah, waiting for the thousands of people waiting for us to go live. Exactly. Maybe we should do some some sort of like uh, music reviews live. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Lol. I'm good. Lol. And I, okay. do you know what I hate that? I just hate I know, those that sit there and fucking it's... judge people's music on stream. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I know, I know. It was, I was just being sarcastic. Well, I've got a piss now, yeah. so. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm probably going to grab some tea. It was great. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for joining for being the on this, Sunday Rose uh, Podcast 2013. On YouTube, yeah. On YouTube. We're, we're, you can we're moving up follow me down world. here at Lazy Boy Luke's. There's, there's no links for Lazy Boy Loops, but let's go. There is. There's, I can see it on the. <laughs> there is, right? Shit, there's no links in the description, but like it down also, there, dude, it, it says Lazy it also, Boy it Loops. Also, it also says that the description says uh, the description also says on, on YouTube is like Welcome to Episode Ten. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The title is like Episode Thirty. So professional. So fucking professional. We are. It's it's ever since we lost our sponsors on the podcast, like nothing gets done. Right. We used to deal with that. Yeah, exactly. Bummer. Okay. All right. It's been great. Uh, see you guys on the next one. Let's go.